Hi, I'm Chris Rinella, and this is the Step Over Podcast. Hi, I'm Alton Copeland, and this is Step Over Podcast. Hi, Bojol, and welcome to the Step Over Podcast, the hyper Ottawa focused soccer podcast. Uh, and I put out episodes, you know, whenever I feel like it. Uh, but with the CPL season starting tomorrow, and Atletico Ottawa playing their first game of 2021 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I felt like putting out an episode today. And uh, I'm counting myself pretty darn lucky uh, to have two fantastic guests for this episode. Um, I was able to chat with uh, Atletico Ottawa midfielders Chris Manella and Antoine Copeland. Both are former Fury FC players. Both just excellent guys. Um, they're back from Spain. They're in uh, the CPL bubble in Winnipeg. Uh, they're going to be playing eight games there, kind of isolated before uh, returning to their home markets and and uh, hopefully getting back to something close to normal. But yeah, I was able to have a great chat with them. How Spain was, how they're feeling going into the season, how things are going as roommates, as it turns out. So I'm not going to waste any time. Here's my chat with Chris Manella and Antoine Copeland. Lately, when I'm talking with friends that like I haven't seen in a while, uh, I find I'm looking at like you know their hair uh, and like whose hair has changed during the pandemic. Uh, you know who's looking fresh. Uh, how have you guys been staying? You know, looking good while barbers have been you know closed down. <laughs> I mean, Antoine, no, no, I, I'll take Emmy from the beginning. So I've had a few home haircuts. I mean, if you st- if you kind of follow like on my Instagram or kind of just look at kind of the year to to 16 months, uh, kind of all over the place. Uh, last year with York, you know, decided to dye my hair at home because we were bored. Turned out kind of a wild of colors. I was blonde for a bit and then I went <laughs> kind of silver and then it started falling out because we did it wrong. So I cut it pretty short. Um, and then this time around coming to the bubble, I thought, you know what, barbers are closed in Toronto. And uh, okay, my girlfriend, get the clippers out. We're going to try to do it. One thing led to another, had pretty long hair and uh, we're here. You know, Fiend. so I got a little buzz cut going on. It's it's actually grown back since the last time, uh, actually since you know, 10 days ago. But this is where we're at. So this is how I'm staying. Fresh. It's good, man. It, it, like, like it's good. I mean, we're, we're buzz kind of buzz gang going on, me and you. So I <laughs> actually know mine's like, oh, di- I, damn, I didn't even see the buzz. That's it. That's it. Because with the top of your head, it looks like you're straight. <laughs> I know. No, no. No, this is like a home cut too. I got like one of those mirrors in my bathroom where like, like, the, uh, yeah, yeah. like each side, you know, yeah, yeah. and just kind of buzz it back there. Oh, oh, that's good. It came out good though. Thanks, man. Yeah. What about you, Antoine? Um, I mean, I've been keeping pretty much the same old. I don't know. I'm sure you've, you've followed me a little bit. And since I joined the Fury, I pretty much had the same haircut. Um, I've been keeping it clean. I mean, here in the bubble, one of our teammates, Malcolm, Malcolm Shaw, he's the, he's the barber of the team. I hear that. Yeah. Um, he gives me nice fades on the side and on the back, uh, here that's and there. Good. So that's, that's how I've been staying fresh. Awesome. Fantastic. Um, so it occurs to me Pete, that, uh, you know, people listening to this, watching this, uh, they'll probably, uh, you know, at, at the very least I'll have heard your names, but you know, they might not know much more about you. So I was wondering if you could each uh, give like a quick introduction, like, you know, your name, uh, the position you play and, and how you describe yourself as a player. Yeah, no, go ahead go. Uh, okay. So I'm Antoine Copeland, uh, number 11 for Atletico Ottawa. I play in the number 10 position. So attacking midfielder. And I would describe myself as, um, a creative player. Um, definitely. I like to dribble. Um, I like to score some goals. Um, I get very excited around the, around the 18 yard box. Um, I can provide some assists as well, some passing. Um, so yeah, that's how I would describe myself as a player. Okay, and Chris? Good little player, yeah. 
<laughs> not bad not bad no for me yeah i'm uh i'm a midfielder i can play anywhere in the midfield um center back if i really really have to but don't tell any of my managers that because i'd rather not um, i know there's not some, like there's not many defenders signed so i don't know you might get <laughs> but 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 our center backs are solid so i, I hope they're really I solid they are yes yeah, yeah. yeah, so i hope i never have to go back there but for me i like to keep possession of the ball i'm a hard-working guy I love a good tackle, um, and no matter what, I'm on the pitch. Uh, I'll do whatever I can to win. So that's kind of uh, me in a little nutshell. Right on. Uh, so yeah, before you know, we had this call. I didn't know that you guys were roommates. Uh, so so, how are you guys? You know, going as like as roomies? Oh, it's been awesome, man. This guy's been like my little brother. It's it's funny because when I was at the Fury, my in the second season, in the the penultimate season of the Fury, what it ended up being, uh, Antoine joined us midway through the year, and and he was this little fifteen year old boy that we thought we were kind of kind of bully off the ball, and then he starts cutting and chopping everyone up, and and we're like, Jesus, all right, okay, this kid's got something, and then uh, you know, I just stayed in touch a little bit here and there. I saw him in the bubble last year, said hi. And uh, we'll kind of always have a, the Fury connection at heart. And yeah. then I've kind of seen him grow in the past two years. It's been, it's been crazy. So we're good. We're really good. We're good, good friends now, especially. And I look, I'm like a little brother. Yeah. I've definitely been enjoying, um, Chris said a lot of it. We've, we've been enjoying our time together. Um, we've been playing some FIFA. But one thing that I'd like to mention for sure is that I, I'm a young guy. I'm a young player. And I could definitely learn from a lot of things um, from Chris from getting back to training, doing yoga, um, doing stretching, uh, everything within the recovery, um, sleeping patterns, eating properly. Um, so that's one thing that I can take out of us being roommates. Okay. Um, like what's, uh, okay. So you, yes, sir, Antoine, you've learned a lot from Chris. Chris, have you kind of taken any cues from Antoine? Yeah, for sure. I mean, listen, he's, he's, he's teaching me about some like TikTok stars and stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, I mean, listen, he's, he's such a good kid. Like it's, it's kind of what I would want to be in like a son, you know, he's such a hardworking, honest kid. It's, it's, it's great to see. And for me, it's, it's kind of bringing back that youth in me, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not old, old, I'm not a, a an old, old game of soccer, you know, when you're approaching 30, it's, it's quote unquote older in the sport and uh, you know, to still have the youth around me and, and kind of bring back that little jolt of energy is, is always nice. And, and he's the perfect one to do it with me. Right on. Um, okay. So uh, you both recently got back from Spain. Yeah. Uh, you know, you spent like nine weeks there. Um, yeah. I like, I gotta know, like, like, what was that like? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, from, from the facilities to, I mean, first and foremost, being able to train, right? Um, if you look at obviously all the Ontario-based teams and I mean, even Canadian teams around the league, weren't able to train. They weren't able to train. And that was, uh, that's obviously uh, something we were really, really, um, we really benefited off of, uh, you know, having a full two, two months, nine weeks of full training every single day, getting into the rhythm. Uh, and then, yeah, and then so obviously the, the perks of what comes with, with Atletico Madrid, the facilities, the, the seeing everything, bringing you to the stadium and, and all those kind of perks outside of the field are, are you know, kind of just a cherry on top of, of what is uh, almost a, a near perfect preseason. So it was, a, it was a great experience for me. And I know even Antoine had his own experiences that I'm sure he can talk to you about because we're seeing like players his age, you know, we're seeing players his age in the, in the youth systems. 
And, uh, and I honestly believe that he can play there and he knows he can too. So it's kind of interesting to see that dynamic and, and know that, you know, these players are his age and, and kind of measure up to see where they're at in comparison to. Yeah. Um, I think Chris touched on almost everything pretty much, but mm -hmm. from my experience, um, just training at the facilities, um, being in the residence with some of the guys, my age, um, seeing that I'm not that far off. Um, I feel like I'd, I could definitely play with some of those guys. Um, and compete and uh, yeah it was definitely a good experience overall um, just a little thing I got to see Joao Felix so that was a pretty cool experience as well just a just a little storyline okay yeah yeah he's, yeah, all, yeah he's all right he's a good yeah. player I mean he wouldn't be a bad loanee for us to take it <laughs> we'll take him like, yeah yeah just like we'll find a spot if, if he wants to if he wants no yeah. but everything just just living the experience and and really knowing what it is to be part of the Atletico family I mean going there and training at the facilities and and being part and being so close to all these professionals and even close to the academy players really made us feel like we're part of the Atletico family. Um, so, it, and it definitely did us good in terms of being able to train, like Chris said, two months and now coming into the bubble ready, prepared. Um, we know what we have to do as a team and, and give it our all to, to go and, and win. Yeah. I mean, it really seems like it gives you a huge leg up. Um, you, know, you touched on, you know, being around, uh, you know, players from like, Atletico, uh, you know, from uh, uh, you know, from Atletico Madrid. Um, like, uh, like, were you playing with them at points, or like training with them, or or like how, like how much a part of Atletico Madrid were the Atletico Ottawa players during that time? Uh, yeah, I mean, for us, it's it's a difficult circumstance because of COVID, right? Sure. And then especially especially when we're there in a time where I mean, if you were following them, they're you know, five, six, seven games out from winning the league, you know, and every game means, means like the world, you know, to, to the entire club. Um, we, we were fortunate enough to see the facilities of the first team a lot. Uh, we played a few games there as well. Uh, in terms of seeing the first team actually train and being next to them and, and, you know, hugging them or whatever it may be, getting a picture, it, it's, it, we couldn't because uh, strictly COVID, you know, I'm sure in another world or another lifetime, uh, when, when things aren't this way, then, then absolutely, you know, Fernando has kind of discussed it with us. He tried to get us into a training session, tried because those are the things he wants to, to be a part of our club because he wants to show that, you know, we are part of this Atletico family. But in terms of just that family in general, it, it's exactly like Antoine said, they did a, a perfect job, seamless job for us to be included in, in the Atleti family completely. Like the gyms where we were able to use, the facility, like the, the fields able to use, their training stuff able to use like everything. We were a part of them like through and through for the entire time being there. Just in terms of seeing the first team players was really the only thing you couldn't do because I mean, just like anyone else, you can't even interact with people, you know, more than two households. So it's like same thing. We weren't allowed to do that. But other than that, it was we were through and through at Atleti, Atleti completely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's lots of pictures. There's lots of videos. Um, you know, uh, looks like you got to like uh, do a bit of the tourist thing too. Um, yeah. Like for each of you, was there like one thing that maybe stood out from from the experience? Like, was there like a place, an event, or you know, like a meal that like sticks out in particular? Uh, for me, probably the stadium tour at Wanda. Um, that was probably the most impressive thing. Um, just seeing how much history there is behind Atletico Madrid. Um, be able being able to see the size of the stadiums at the stadium. Um, to go so close to the pitch, almost like on the bench. Um, and everything that was really like grandiose and really amazing to see. Um, so for me, that was probably my my favorite event outside of obviously training and playing matches um, and competing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think for me, obviously the stadium was was unbelievable. You know, it's 
it's brand new, it's massive, it's state of the art. So that was incredible. But I think for me, it, it was kind of a different route was our first two weeks was in Segovia, which was a city or a little town, whatever it was that I'd never heard of. Um, but kind of learning about the whole um, Atletico Madrid preseason is it's actually where they spend their first kind of month of preseason as well, going through uh, quote unquote hell running and stuff like that. So I think that was pretty cool to see as well, you know, just kind of through my experiences, seeing different kind of areas of where teams may hold preseasons. I think it was really cool to see, you know, this is where they grind for the, that month or whatever it may be to kind of bond together, or run together, die. To, you know what I mean? Just they go through that whole process of the beginning of a season. So I think I think our first two weeks in Segovia uh, going through almost exactly the same steps as the first team would do. Uh, that was pretty cool. OK. Are there any lessons that you learned that uh, that you're like taking back from Spain? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch, I mean, the, the culture in general from, you know, from food to the football itself is, um, is much different than, than what we're used to. Um, you know, it's obviously a lot more uh, technical based, uh, game, you know, they, they're very uh, heavily on the tactic side. So I think, I think it's not kind of just, just one lesson. I think it's just an overall of if we were able to kind of open our minds and develop a little bit of the culture that they've kind of, in, uh, consumed over the entire nation and then even specifically the Atleti family if we can take a little part of their culture or the way they do things into our club and then into the Canadian Premier League I think will be really successful so I don't think it was necessarily one little thing I think it was kind of a, um, a bunch of things that we could kind of implement as a culture and bring into our club and I think it would help us immensely over the course of a, you know what could be a 28 game season. Yeah I completely agree I think um, for me, one of the things as well is like being there and seeing Atletico Madrid win uh, the La Liga title um, over over like some of the biggest clubs in the world, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Um, I think we can definitely take back uh, take that back from our experience um, and bring it into our team, into our, our team culture. Um, and for this season, you know, Forge have won the, the league for two years in a row. Um, and I think we have the quality, the players, the team um, to, to really compete and, and go for the title this year. Great. Great. Um, so you're back in Canada now. You're not in Ottawa, but you're in Winnipeg. Um, so every CPL team is playing uh, eight games at IG Field. Uh, so like it won't be, you know, the whole season, like, you know, hopefully you'll have 20 games, you know, not in this bubble, uh, but you're starting in it. Um, how long have you been in the bubbles? Uh, 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 it's so been a week. It's been exactly a week, a actually. Week. Last Wednesday, we landed and uh, got in. Okay. So what's like, what's bubble life? like uh it's, i mean honestly it's, it's very similar to what a road game would be um you know you know you live in a hotel you eat with the team and you go to sleep and you wake up and train so similar kind of setting but i mean for people who may not necessarily know what an away game is like it's uh you sleep in a hotel room next to your, your good friend your roommate <laughs> uh you wake up you go to you go to breakfast with the team you train um and then the only unfortunate part and, and what makes it a bubble is, is you can't leave the hotel um, you got to stay in the hotel, you can find within the spaces, but I think us as a team and us as a league understand that, you know, COVID is, is very much still around. So in order to actually get us on the field, they're taking all the safety precautions necessary to, to make sure that this can, this can go off without a hitch. So I think as a league, we're very much okay with, you know, this kind of month to five weeks staying in this bubble. Uh, not leaving the hotels, not leaving the confines of, of this, this place. 
but being able to play, I think that's just, that's just everyone's kind of wish and hope. And uh, we're just glad that we're here and we're doing it. Mm-hmm. However, we're excited to come home because we really, really want to play in Ottawa. And yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the consensus amongst uh, all, all, all of us from, sure. from top to bottom. Yeah. Right on. Um, so like, are, are all the CPL teams like in one hotel or like, are you sharing the hotel with a few teams? Like, what's that like? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we're all in one hotel. Um, like Chris said, we're all following the safety protocols um, here in order to play because that's what we want to do at the end of the day uh, and play in the most safe way and then come back to our home markets to finish the season uh, or whatever the 20 games um, to end the season. So yeah, all the eight teams are in the same hotel. We all have our team rooms, our own team's room where we have, um, where we eat, we have a common area to um, foam roll, to do our recovery, to bike, um, to maybe even lift weights or whatever that may be, play cards, um, do things outside uh, of the field um, just as teammates. And I think each each um, each club has their own floor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, each club has their own kind of designated team room. So, okay. so we don't, obviously, we can talk tactics in there. We can do video sessions in, in those team rooms. So obviously we don't want to be going into other team rooms and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so they have a setup kind of secluded, which, is, which isn't bad. We all have our own floor as well, yeah. like in the rooms. We're on the 25th floor and other teams are so on. Um, so, I mean, there's interactions here and there, but it's more just kind of a high buy thing and, and kind of go on to your own team. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the first game, you know, it's it's coming pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. What's the feeling around, around uh, the team right now? Oh, it's really good. It's really good. I think, you know, obviously with the additions, which Fernando brought in and Mista brought in is uh, – has been huge, you know, and obviously uh, people say like, like you had just said, we have a leg up, have having trained for, for nine, uh, nine weeks together. Um, and I think the feeling amongst the group is, is positive. You know, um, we've gotten to know each other on a much more personal level than, than a lot of other teams. Uh, we know tendencies on the field. We know tendencies off the field. We know what makes guys tick um, you like on and off the field. So I think the feeling around this group um, just, just based off my personal experience is just different from other years um, than other clubs I've played with. Uh, we're ready to, to literally give it our all. And, and it's, it's come from the top, you know, Fernando, Fernando, literally, sorry, my, my uh, computer kind of went crazy. Um, I don't know what happened here. It's kind of weird on the video. Um, no, how does it work? Now no, you look good right now. Where is this? Where'd it go? How do you, oh, there you go. Okay. There we go. Yeah. No, so yeah, no, Fernando's kind of just instilled it in us to, to a winning mentality. And he's wanted that from the beginning. And I think it's, it's kind of trickled down into every single player from the coaching staff down. Um, It's trickled down and and we have a really, really positive feeling going into, um, into the first match and into the first eight matches. So I think, I think all around the club we're we're really excited to get going and get the ball, uh, get the ball kicking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, you know, so you mentioned, uh, Fernando there, uh, you know, quite a few times, does he play a very important, you know, like important role in, in kind of setting the culture of the team? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, I don't know if you're going to go. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's our, he's our boss, you know, he's the, he's the top guy in the club. Um, but he's a boss in, in kind of the, the newfound wave of bosses. He will be on the pitch with us every single day watching training. You know, he's not that guy sitting in the office kind of um, doing whatever he has to do and, and not really looking at us uh, from a, a first 
a firsthand experience. He's on the pitch every single day in, in, in Spain, the same thing on the pitch, on the sideline, watching training. Um, so his kind of the way he dedicates himself and the way he portrays himself does a huge, huge service for everyone because it shows that this is our boss. This is the, the head guy and he's willing to come watch training stay in a bubble just like us. You know, he's here in the bubble just like us. He's going there, eating the same meals, mm -hmm. can't leave the hotel. He's literally living like one of us. And that does that does huge, huge things for, for the players because we look like, hey, if, if this guy who can be at home, you know, doing whatever he wants is with us, you know, grinding, then, you know, he wants us to win and he shows that he believes in us and he wants us to, to do whatever we can to win. So I think it just, it does, it does a huge justice for every single player uh, and, in, and the coaching staff included that, that we are literally one, like, you know, it's, it's, it's such a cliche, like, Oh yeah, we're one. No, no, we are from top to bottom. We are one unit. We are one family. And it's, it's just gotten stronger over the course of the entire preseason leading into the first game. Great. Um, so Chris, um, you put out this video, um, uh, I was talking about how you're going to dedicate the Winnipeg, uh, um, you're going to dedicate the the Winnipeg kickoff bubble uh, to playing for Pride. Um, can you tell us a bit about you know what that means uh, yeah. and, how you, and how you and how you became involved? Yeah, I'm super glad you asked that. Um, so playing for Pride was actually I was approached by it or I saw it. I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. Um, I think four or five years back um, when uh, Austin Deleuze from North Carolina FC or I think that's the, the USL team. Um, yeah. You know, he kind of started it off or had a huge hand in starting off. I'm not exactly sure. Anyways, I approached him. We talked about it. He kind of let me know what was going on. And basically it was um, Athlete Ally is an organization that helps uh, promote um, equality and kind of fairness for the LGBTQ plus um, in sports. So I, I you know, I, I have friends who um, identify within the LGBTQ plus community and uh, it was something near and dear to me. So when I found something that was included, my kind of two somewhat passions, you know, I have near and dear in my heart and then I have, you know, my world in, in football. When the two worlds collided, it was kind of a match made in heaven. So, you know, I started the first one um, in that first season uh, with Ottawa and basically what it is, is I set a set amount uh, per game. It's, it's dedicated by myself um, per game I play, uh, per win. It can be per goal, per assist. I have a set amount. And then whatever I do over the course of that month, usually it's Pride Month, but we weren't playing. So usually it's June 1st to July 1st. Um, but obviously we weren't playing. Um, so I dedicate that set amount. And then I kind of update my followers via Twitter and Instagram of what I'm going to be dedicating um, either per game or per week, whatever kind of. Uh, all comes up. I'll do a tally. I know I'll help. we'll probably have three games a week. So I'll kind of just do a weekly total. And then I, I donate um, at the end of the month, what the entire total is. And then I encourage fans. I encourage, you don't even have to be a fan. I encourage anyone really to, to kind of follow along the journey. Uh, they don't have to donate exactly what I'm donating. They can donate any, and they don't have to donate anything at all. As long as they're kind of just uh, getting awareness out there, because it's, it's such a, it's such a huge thing where we're, players or I mean coaching staff it could be anyone uh you know are almost afraid to to come and, and be themselves and that's the kind of thing is themselves you know they just want to be themselves and to have someone who may not necessarily be able to step on the field and be their true self I, I couldn't even imagine I couldn't even imagine sometimes if I'm hiding an ankle injury or I'm hiding uh, someone stepped on my toe for a second it's it's tough to not say anything so I can't even imagine I, I literally can't even imagine uh someone not even be able to to be themselves uh, while on the field. And, and for me, it's more just kind of getting, um, 
getting acceptance because I know, I know what the world of, of professional sports can be. And it could be a very um, tough place for someone in a position like that to, to be open about their sexuality. But I think it's, I think it's super important that myself and players around the league or people even around the world are just open and more receptive to someone being able to be their true self uh, on the field within a professional environment, because I know it's, I know it's difficult. And I, and like I said, I can't even imagine. Um, you know, so obviously like the money donation is important, um, but you know, you've been playing professional, uh, so you've been, pl- you've been playing professionally, uh, for, you know, how long, like, uh, uh, this is my, uh, it's a 2013, I believe. So is that it's like eight years, eight, eight years. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you, um, you know, be- being a professional athlete and, uh, playing in professional leagues, um, have you noticed, um, you know, the, um, you know, the way that we talk about these issues, um, you know, changing over the course of that time, like, um, uh, you know, especially in, you you know, playing in men's leagues, uh, which, um, you know, are maybe, yeah, but I know typical environments, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, even over the course of the last uh, two years, you know, I've noticed a a huge shift. I mean, obviously you see going on now, um, Manuel Neuer on one of the biggest world stages is wearing a rainbow armband, you know, so you didn't see that uh, a year ago, you didn't see that, you know, so of course the, 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 the world is shifting to be more accepting, which is, which is fantastic from my own experience. Yeah. uh, In the locker rooms, um, you know, from in the past, you almost hear um, sort of the, these slurs being kind of thrown around that may not necessarily have uh, any kind of context. You know, people are just using these kind of words to to use the words and, and just they don't know maybe what it can do to someone who might be struggling. But the leagues that I've played in, the USL and now the CPL have done huge, huge things and huge step forwards to eliminate these little things and, and, you know, punish people for doing these kind of things and using these words or using uh, derogatory, whatever it may be, just being kind of a quote unquote bad human, you know, and they, they, there's punishment, there's punishment. And I think that's, that's, that's good because it means that, you know, this is not accepted anymore. This is not allowed. We shouldn't be doing this and we have to move forward as a collective in order to, to just benefit everyone. So, I mean, to round that up. Yeah, absolutely. There's been, there's been huge strides uh, from the moment I started playing until now. Awesome. Thanks for that. Um, So Antoine, um, uh, I got a question for you. Um, So you, um, the club put out um, uh, a few tweets kind of congratulating you because you, uh, graduated high school is that right oh yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I did graduate high school um the funny thing about it is uh now I'm in I've been in thank yeah, you thank you thank you um so yeah so I went to uh Le Collège et Alexandre um and I've been um and they've been they supported me so much uh throughout my journey I started in um grade eight uh, or actually grade nine which is called secondaire trois uh, on the Quebec side um, I'm a French guy, so I, I speak a lot of French and it's obviously it's a French school. Um, so, yeah, so in grade nine, when I started <laughs> with the jury, um, I was going to training in the morning, missing school. Um, and then the year after I traveled, I traveled to Germany. Um, I traveled to Spain for the first week of preseason. Now this year, um, I traveled to Spain again for two months. Um, and in- initially it was supposed to be uh, one month, which got extended to two months. Um, so they've supported me tremendously throughout my journey. Um, and I, I'm very grateful for that. 
Um, so yeah, so I graduated last week. Um, I actually missed my congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I missed my celebration, um, which was actually uh, yesterday. Um, but I got I got a FaceTime with my friends, which which was pretty nice. Um, so yeah, so I'm done high school. Right on. So like, uh, yeah. So you were unexpectedly like in Spain for another like, uh, you know, five weeks. I think. Uh, you know, thank. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. so were you doing schoolwork while you were in Spain as well? Um, like, yeah, I was doing a little bit. Um, obviously, obviously, it's a little bit difficult um, when you're away because I wasn't um, expecting to be away for that long. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the school supported me a lot, and they were sending me uh, pro like. Uh, homework yeah, every week um, I was doing exams um, I was doing a lot of schoolwork to catch up which eventually led to not that much because by the time I came back um, school was already over um, and thankfully I got exempted from my final exams um, due to um, I was a very good kid in school and I had good grades um, so they said you know what you've done all this work and you've maintained good grades for all of your last year in grade 11 um, so you're exempted from the final exams. And I, I had a call with the principal and she said, congratulations, um, wish you the best for the future. Um, and you've graduated. So that was that was that. I can tell you, he definitely did his, his work in school. It was, it was quite funny because I remember being on the field one day and I think you were asking one of the assistant coaches, I think he was asking Ajay about like a potential schedule for tomorrow or the next day or whatever it was. For me, it was strange because I, you know, he doesn't really care. You know, he wakes up, he, whatever the schedule is. So I was like, oh, like you have something to do because we're all in Spain in a bubble and nobody has anything to do. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I have an exam tomorrow. And I looked around. I said, Jesus, I said, yeah, exams. I said, you're in high school. So I completely forgot. And I was like, yeah, you're you're a little you're a little kid. Yes. I don't play people. Oh, I can't. I have to go do this. Okay, go do your homework. <laughs> so, so yeah, I can tell you. So Antoine, we're like. Um, you know, where Chris or like any other teammates, like kind of, uh, like, <laughs> oh. you, like making sure that like you're doing your homework and, um, yeah, this is actually a pretty funny one. So one of the guys, um, I'm sure you know of Brian Wright. Um, he yeah. was he was following me. Um, he would he would make sure that I was up at because I'd like to have uh, naps in the afternoon after training because obviously training is tiring. Um, and I'm I'm exhausted after training. I work hard. Um, so he'd make sure that I was in school at 3.15 on the dot, not <laughs> in class. And he would check in, he would call, he would knock on my door. Um, so yeah, so he was pretty, he was pretty intense with that. <laughs> Almost uh, too intense at yeah. times, but you know, it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it was definitely good, but I did do my- So you had a principal like, like yeah, with yeah, me yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right on. Um, okay, uh, so- <laughs> Something in my head, like, you know, I, that I hope for this podcast, you know, by playing, uh, you know, by talking to players like you two, uh, you know, who have made the leap to playing professionally, you know, is to, is to find lessons that, that uh, can help younger players who, who like want to make that leap, but like haven't yet, you know, Chris, you've been playing professionally for a long time. Uh, you know, Antoine, you've turned pro recently. Um, uh, so you're both at different stages, but you've both made that leap. Um, so I was wondering if, if like there's any, um, if there's any lesson that you've learned so far in your pro career that, that, uh, you know, that you wish you had known before you turned pro? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing is, um, it's going to be hard. There is hard work. There is, it's, it's a tough road. There are ups and downs. It is a roller coaster and no one journey is the same. It's all different. Uh, talking with teammates, we all, 
went on different paths to different countries, through different academies, through whatever it may be. And we all ended up, you know, sitting at this table, playing for Atletico Ottawa, doing what we love. Um, so I think if I can tell a, a younger version of myself or even a young kid coming through the systems is one, expect kind of a bumpy road. Don't expect it to be roses at all times, but know that at the end of the road, there is always someone who is going to believe in you. There may be a coach who may not like you, and there's definitely going to be a coach who loves you. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a bumpy road that you're going to have to go through. And no matter what, if you keep working hard, and I know, again, a cliche, but if you keep working hard and keep doing it and keep believing in yourself, no matter what, always believe in yourself, then, then there are many, many things you can achieve, especially in this game, because uh, it's, it's, ever, it's growing so fast. And we can see with the talent coming out of Canada now, it's growing so fast and and as long as you know that that you can do it and you can believe in yourself and legitimately, if you want to work hard enough, that, that you can. There are opportunities for young players to, to be something special now and uh, and every and anyone can do it. And I honestly believe that. Uh, I was going to say, Crystal, the words out of my mouth, but um, I was going to say for me, the two biggest things, um, the first one, Chris touched on it a lot, is the hard work. Um, it's not going to be easy. Everyone has their path to getting to the pro game. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all here and we're all doing um, and playing the sport we love. But for me, it's once you're there, there's a lot of things that um, I've learned that are out of your control. Um, you're not always going to be a starter. You're not always going to be in the squad. There's always someone um, who's there to take your spot or you may not be always be um, the favorite in someone, uh, someone's eyes or even in the manager's eyes. But at the end of the day, it comes down to yourself and you have to believe in yourself. You have to have that confidence and to know that you're here for a reason, even if Chris is 27 and I'm 17. We're still teammates. We're still in a way on the same level. Um, so I think once you're there, you're there for a reason. And the, the biggest thing for me is confidence and believing in yourself and going out there and just, um, just show your passion, show what you love to do. Just showcase yourself. Right on. Um, so we're really hoping, you know, to have fans at TD place this year. Um, uh, and, you know, we're going to want to pack, as many people as is allowed. Um, so how would each of you uh, describe this team? Like if you were in charge of, of uh, if you were in charge of like selling tickets, like how would you make, you know, Nick Ryan's job as easy as possible? <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> no, but no, as possible is, is we're a team backed by one of the biggest clubs in the world and willing to kind of fight until the end. You know what I mean? Like we, we have that desire instilled in us and it's, I don't think it's going anywhere for the entire season, regardless of the first eight games, regardless of the first 27 games, you know, on that last game, we'll do everything we can to win. And two, I think we're going to, we're going to play an exciting band of football. You know what I mean? Misa has us, a, we're a well-oiled machine. Uh, we're ready. And I think the fans are honestly genuinely going to enjoy us uh, watching us play because you know, the talent from, from the guys from last year, as long as the new, as well as the new additions coming together and just being cohesive, like we're a good team, man. And, and I think honestly, once, once we start going out there and playing these games and the fans can watch us, they're going to know that, you know, we're an exciting team. And, uh, and especially when we pull some results, I think, uh, the, the, you know, maybe a few bandwagon fans might hop on and when we don't mind, we'll take them all because they're still part of our family. Uh, even if they come for 10 minutes of a season, it doesn't matter. But I think for us, it's once they, once the fans kind of see us play and see us get out there, I think they'll be, they'll be really excited to back a team that, that is cohesive and, and ready to win. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris has said it all, but for me, just to add on that, um, we have the desire it's in us. Uh, we want to win. So basically we're in it to win it and mm-hmm. that's it. Right. on. So I'm going to just like take that clip and just send that to Nick and he can just post that on. online. Go on. you know? Yeah. yeah, go on. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, guys. Uh, that's all the questions I got for you. Um, you've been generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Um, I can't, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck. And uh, we'll and we'll be cheering you on. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us.